0: Ed Flash
1: Well, tomorrow is actually Veterans Day because it's on a weekend. Today has been designated as a federal holiday. And for that very reason, America's Workforce Radio and Podcast is dedicating this entire show to the people that have served our country. We appreciate what you have done for us, certainly. Now, since this show is about workers and unions, we have pulled aside two very incredible people to talk about what they have done for fellow vets. Our first guest is William Attic, no stranger to American force. He's a combat vet served in the global war on terrorism from 2003 to 2010. And when he returned to civilian life, will Attic struggled to find his way until he was given an opportunity to attend a veteran welding program. That was with helmets to hard hats back in 2010 after completing the program. He went on to become an apprentice with UA Local 160 Plumbers and Pipefitters in Southern Illinois. By working with both state and federal lawmakers to promote veterans' issues in Illinois, Will Attick has become one of the leading veterans' advocates in the state, and now in the nation in May of 2017, he was selected to lead the National Union Veterans Council of the AFL-CIO, Union Vets dot org is their website. Actually unionveterans.org. I stand corrected there. We're talking 1.3 million vets that are members of the Union Veterans Council. So we'll talk about the organization. We'll touch on helmets to hard hats and we'll also talk about his visit recently to Ukraine to check out the U.S.-Ukraine Veterans Bridge. Our second guest on the show is Sean Ellis. Now, Sean is also a military vet, and he went through the United Associations VIP program. What's that? That's Veterans in Piping. Sean found a home at UA Local 230 in San Diego, California, and now he serves as a trainer in the program in San Diego, and he also wears several hats at the local. He's the local's political director, as well as the organizer. He's going to talk about how he found out about the UA VIP program and how that program has shaped his life after the military. Now, the UA, United Association, established the UA Veterans in Piping program to equip people like Sean, those who have military service, preparing to leave the service with sought-after skills that can lead to lifelong careers in the increasingly and that's a key word increasingly in demand pipe trades it's an 18 week accelerated course and it's provided free of cost on military bases all around the country great program just google vip veterans in piping and you will find it on the website so sean ellis will be our second guest on the show but right now we have to take a break will adding coming up right after this on behalf of the union veterans council
0: this is America's Workforce.
2: It takes LIUNA to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of LIUNA, the Laborers' International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, LIUNA members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at LiUNA.org, that's allyUna.org.
1: Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form and a local 50 representative will call to begin the process america's workforce is brought to you in part by the heat and frost insulators labor management cooperative trust find out more at insulators.org forward slash lmct
3: a great union requires a reliable election system survey and ballot systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections by partnering with sbs your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can
1: find more at ironworkers.org.
0: Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferencz. And remember, you can check us out on
1: Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. All the shows are archived there. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, where you can find more at ulagency.org. All right, today is Veterans Day. It's the federal holiday. I know tomorrow is November 11th, but because Veterans Day is falling on a Saturday, the federal holiday is today. And joining us on our live line today is William Adig. Bill's been on the show a couple of times. He's a combat vet of the global war on terrorism. He served proudly with the 1-26 Infantry, which, by the way, was one of the most decorated units of the Iraqi war. Will Adig, welcome back to America's Workforce. And I have to start off, every time I have a vet on the show, the number one thing I have to say It's thank you. Thank you for serving our country. It's because of you that we are free. Freedom is not free. That is not the case, especially in this dangerous world. So welcome back to America's Workforce. And maybe you could give us a little rundown here. We always get new listeners on the show. Unionveterans.org is a national website. Why don't you give us a little rundown on what the Union Veterans Council is all about? My brother, go ahead.
4: You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on today, but I'm really happy to spend time with uh, your listeners and yourself on a, uh, and, and yourself and American Workforce Radio. I, it's so important to, to reach out to all American workers um, every day. Um, and, you know, today is a special day for veterans where uh, we get to celebrate uh, our service and especially the family members get to celebrate. But I always say when someone says thank you for my service, I always make sure that they know that there's a, a ton of people in this country, um, doctors and nurses and teachers and um, pipe fitters and electricians and, and so many other things, janitors to make sure our kids' uh, schools are clean, right? Um, these mm-hmm. are people who are who are, are serving their country every single day, especially federal workers. We can't, we, you gotta remember the people who keep the, the gears running of this country, our federal workers all across the country, a third of them being veterans. But I always like to, to make sure if I'm thanked for my service, um, that I try and thank as many other people uh, for their service to their country every day, for the things that they do. And most people don't hear that enough, but I, I truly mean that, right? I, I truly mean that uh, we should be proud of everybody, what they contribute, um, you know, to our – and that's what the labor movement's about, and that's what uh, American workers are about. And that's why so many veterans uh, come from the working class, flashy. Over – right now, over 1 million uh, – 1.3 million veterans are union members uh, across the country, people who serve their country and then now found uh, their, their chance for the American dream uh, through a union job and a union card in their pocket. Um, but more so, you know, when, when we think about World War II veterans and we think about uh, the history, um, so many uh, veterans have found that uh, way through their, through their careers um, and through their future through a union card. Um, I can think of a few uh, very big things. Uh, right now, you think about uh, the, the mine workers who put programs together, in, in appalachia where the largest number of combat veterans came from during the vietnam war i can think back to the, the uaw and the programs they put together you know the uaw have has a veterans committee in every single one of their local and and think about the uaw workers there's a lot of veterans in there
3: yeah
1: i'll tell you there's uh, there's a struggle out there uh, for working class individuals and it goes on each and every day and we talk about it on america's workforce but let, let's get into uh you mentioned 1.3 million vets are union members how many you you have about a million in the union veterans council do you not
4: yeah so so we uh, are very lucky to be able to support um, all the veterans of the unions of the afl-cio as a constituency group um, and we work to create projects and programs and, and help support our unions and also members um, uh, we also have chapters all over the country um, more growing up so if you're a union veteran you you want to uh, be part of a, 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 a chapter or, or do more in your community as a union veteran, you can always reach out to us at our website. Um, but, but the reality of it, it's a growing thing. You know, a few years ago, you didn't really hear union veterans used as much these days, but, but, but these days we're hearing people you know really take that on. And, and you know, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? 31% of all veterans in America, the people who serve our country, make less than $31,000 a year. Think about that. People who've who've spent time in their country, uh, fought for their country many times, 31% of them are making less than $31,000 a year. And the last time I checked, $31,000 a year, you really can't do very much with that. And that's not helping with folks' mental health. That's not helping with the homeless problem. That's not helping with a lot of things. but it's something that we want to face and we want to make a normal issue for, for veterans, right? Um, we we believe the day-to-day issues of, of American people are the ones that we need to focus on in the veterans community. Um, it, it, but but on top of that, we have to also focus on a lot of other things like health care for veterans, um, getting things like the, the uh, Burn Pit Act passed uh, a few months back um, here in Washington, D.C. that's going to help change the way veterans are, are, are taken care of when it comes to toxic exposure in America and where we may not have, a, have as bad of a catastrophe as Agent Orange was for Vietnam vets. But, and, and with our organization, we like to get involved in those types of fights. We, uh, we are constantly in contact with members of Congress and um, state leaders on ways to better improve legislation and policy for veterans um, and especially working class ones.
1: Thirty-one percent. So, almost one out of three veterans, people that served our country, making less than thirty-one thousand dollars a year. Will I have to ask you why is that? Why is that happening in America
4: today? I mean, the the, the the true story of that is 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 what we all fight for in the labor movement. Is the reality of it that's ten percent better than the general population. So, veterans do better than most. Now. Um, the effects of having a lot of other things, a lot of uh, uh, maybe mental health issues, things like that, if you're in that 31%, you're, you're much more exposed um, to those issues that, that veterans face in a great way. Um, but the reality of it, Flash, that's the story of America. Um, that, that's the story of America. Over, over 40% of Americans make less than $31,000 a year. Uh, I always talk about the, the minimum wage bill where we don't really – a lot of times we forget about that, especially as union workers when we make a good wage – we don't realize what that means and you know raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour could help change the lives of so many Americans and it could help change those veterans that's 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 $31,000 a year and yeah. the, the sad part of it is that 31% um, the, the majority of them are under $31,000 a year so um we could do some big things there's a there's a there's there's a there's a study that was done called uh, suicide uh, uh, or sorry sorry I apologize and we all know about the suicide crisis in America and oh, yeah. if I want to talk about this I want to first say um there's a there's a phone line to any veteran in need or any family member that knows a veteran in crisis sometimes veterans day does bring these kind of things up uh if you're in a bad place so always reach out to a friend um always always look to to try and find support if you find yourself in a bad place but we know that, um, the, according to a couple of studies and when you look at statistics, that financial instability is, is the weapon of choice in suicide in our veterans community. Um, it is one of the leading factors for some, the highest rate of veterans that, 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 are, that, have, that, that commit veteran suicide are in that demographic of under $31,000 a year and if we're really going to talk about these issues we need to have real conversations with our leaders and our and our, and our companies and whoever wants to hear about it because if, if we're not giving veterans the stability to live their lives out what about everybody else um and, right. and i think as veterans we think about that a lot
1: well i just want to let you know we've been on this issue in fact in september september was suicide prevention month and we did my gosh probably about eight to nine different interviews with various people in the construction trades because it's high in the construction trades as well. And we also linked up with the American Legion with their Be The One campaign and uh, hit that pretty hard as well. But there's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, a lot of resources out there. 988 is the national number, too. And we got to spread the word on that. But let let's talk a little bit more on uh, on what you're doing and your background. And 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 it's important to point out. I mentioned the trades here. You you're in the trades. I mean, you're you're UA a local 160. You got to do a shout out here for plumbers and pipefitters in Southern Illinois. And you know you found a way, like many in the trades, to get above that thirty one thousand dollar a year mark by you know, by learning a craft that nobody can take away from you. And I know you've got links on your website to uh, Helmets to Hard Hats, Veterans in Piping. In fact, we're going to talk with our next guest on Veterans in Piping out on the uh, West Coast. But uh, I'm just wondering, are, are vets taking advantage of these opportunities so they can find a better better life out there, make more money, find a solid career with good wages and good benefits? Is that happening? I mean, you did it. Are others doing it, Will?
4: No, I'm very lucky to do it. And my story wasn't perfect. When I came home, I struggled um, a lot. I went from being a a leader in the military, a hero, as people would call me when I came home, to not having a job, a degree or a future and and having a hard time with trying to go to college, that I thought was my only option. And I found a welding program called Helmets to Hard Hats. And if you're a veteran listening to this, or uh, more importantly, if you're a family member of a veteran that needs a job, that needs a career, that doesn't just need to be working, whatever they're doing, they need to step up in life. Um, get them to go on to, to org today. Get them to sign up and, and you, you'll find a new pathway of ways to find um, employment and your, your shot at the American dream through a, a union trade job, which we need as many union workers as possible for infrastructure right now. And veterans make a, a phenomenal, phenomenal group of folks to, to put through those uh, those trade programs. So, yes, we have a bunch of programs to, to make sure our veterans aren't in that 31 um, percent. by the time I was uh, a 50-year apprentice, I was making more money than most of my friends who went to college and didn't go off to war for seven years. And we did that because unions understood that there was a need to take care of our veterans. And it wasn't just simply sticking our a sticker on the back of your car. It, it's giving them employment and stability. So um, there's a lot of programs in the trades. There's programs in trucking. There's programs in utility. There's programs in uh, maritime trades. If you want to be on a, maritime, on, a, on a cruise on a, on a, on a tanker or a uh, cargo ship for months on, months on end and have a couple of months off, there's programs for that. Um, so I really encourage the veterans on Veterans Day to think about where they're at in the world. Um, are you giving back to your community everything you can? Are you working in a, in a job that is giving, giving you this ability to live your life? And if, if not, you know, we're, it's okay to take risks as veterans. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm, I'm 35 and I want to change my, my career. I want to become a union pipe fitter or an electrician. And within five years, you're going to be going, you're going to have so many uh, credentials and diplomas in your back pocket from th- these great NAB2, National Building Trade Training Program, um, that you'll be able to go anywhere in the country and work and make, you know, between sixty dollars to $100,000 a year with your hands. And that means yeah. a lot. You don't get that opportunity too many times Oh yeah. uh,
0: these days.
1: You're, you're building something and you're going to be real proud about the finished product when you're done there yeah if you go to the website those of you listening right now which is a union veterans that's plural unionveterans.org there's a page there about career training opportunities for service members we mentioned helmets to hard hats vets and piping also smart the sheet metal workers smart heroes that's another program the painters and allied trades have one ibew has a great one it's called a vets electrical entry program veterans electrical entry program or veep and also the post office at least 25 percent of the employees at the post office are military vets and here's the cool thing about that your service will count as prior employment so say you spent maybe six seven ten years in the military that will count toward your retirement so that's that's a good benefit there you know well i gotta take a quick break here william attic joining us on our live line today combat vet and also president of the union veterans council of the afl-cio he's had that position since may of 2017 He also is very involved in Ukraine, and we'll talk about that next. Back in a few minutes.
0: You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferencz.
2: It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. Dot
1: org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org.
3: This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more.
1: America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte. dot
0: There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW, the, the United, United
5: Steelworkers, the largest industrial union in North America.
0: We represent eight hundred and
5: fifty thousand members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We
0: work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper,
5: oil refining, atomic energy,
0: and the service sector. We are steelworkers standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce appreciates our
4: sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils.
2: America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd-Waterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWaterson.com.
1: America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org.
0: Now, back to Ed Flash Ferenc with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings. So. Please keep them coming. And we're getting a lot of those five-star ratings, so thank you very much. Also, we're thanking our vets today. Tomorrow is officially Veterans Day, but because it's on a Saturday, it's a federal holiday and a state holiday today as well. And joining us on our live line is William Adig, who is the president of the Union Veterans Council of the AFL-CIO, which has about about a million members. UnionVeterans.org. Do check out their national website. A lot of resources there. By the way, we've got to do a shout-out again to UA Local 160, the Plumbers and Pipefitters in southern Illinois. When uh, Will was looking for uh, some opportunities, he found that local, and that was through Helmets to Hard Hats. And there's a link to that on the Union Veterans Council as well. But uh, what I want to talk about today is your trip, and you've been there several times, to Ukraine. And we know what's going on there. And I'll tell you, talk about people with resolve taking on a superpower. And right now, they're winning. They're winning. It's not easy. But uh, you were there last month for, uh, what, three weeks? Talk to me about what you're doing there. This sounds pretty fascinating.
4: Go ahead, Will. Um, you know, I, I'm very lucky to be able to. Do things like this, flash, and and you know the reality of it. The only reason why I'm able to talk to you about this project that I'm about to talk to you about is, is because of that UA160 uh, union card in my pocket. Um, that led me to become a, a local political director, doing doing other types of work, and get selected to be uh, the the leader of the Union Veterans Council, and and now uh, you know I get to listen to veterans like myself when they when when things come up and. Um, when the full-scale invasion happened of Ukraine, um, I, I was reached out to, to dozens and dozens of union veterans asking how they could help or how our organization could help. And um, I was lucky to – it was something that I believe very firmly in, the idea of fighting for democracy and defending your homeland and um, standing up against um, capitalism – or not capitalism, uh, colonialism, which is a group of people trying to take over another country, which is happening. So um, I tried to do whatever I, think, whatever I could to help. Um, and, and because of my position, because of the support of my leaders, um, I was able to start to uh, work on, through uh, uh, official dialogue with the Embassy of Ukraine around veterans issues. My basic thinking was, if I could help them at all, uh, maybe learn about the way our union programs work, um, we can do a good job. But as I found out, is that they needed, a, they needed help overall. They, they, have, um, they don't really have a, a historically large veterans community. Um, they have over a million people fighting right now to defend their country. They have uh, as many people being injured every month um, sometimes as we had every year in Iraq or Afghanistan. And they're spending most of their time on, on fighting a war. And I realized the need for it, but I only heard people talking about how to get ammunition, how to get weapons to them, how to, either, how to do that, how to create peace. And I didn't think about enough, I, I didn't hear enough people talking about um, the men and women who are, are on the front line defending their country, and what's what, how they're going to be treated when they get back, and I was very lucky to, to make uh, have a meeting at the embassy with the with a, I led a group of other veteran organizations um, uh, through the with the Union Veterans Council as the lead. To the embassy to meet with the Ministry of Veterans Affairs um, three four, four months ago, and and that day I I think everybody in the meeting decided that they were going to do everything they could to help the, the Ukrainian veterans who who need it greatly. And um, with that, um, I, I started reaching out to other people who were kind of thinking the same way. And some of my really good friends, uh, especially I got to give a shout, shout shout out to Corey Barfo from AFGE. Um, he's my uh, vice or one one of my one of my Right-hand man, men of this project, and he's the chief of staff of AFG. And it's he's he's a civilian. He's doing it out of the bottom of his heart. But basically, what we've worked to do is create an organization to bring together U.S. Uh, experts on veterans, um, academics, business, healthcare, um, labor, whatever it takes to help build an entire like help support Ukraine, build their veterans community out. Um, we want to have that on speed dial, and we want to be able to work bilaterally with their country so that when they need um, advice on uh, ways to uh, create programs or to change legislation, that we can at least help guide them through our uh, vast knowledge in the United States of what we've done right, but also what we've done wrong, Flash, because we haven't done it all right ourselves. And that's why we have to have veteran organizations, but it's really, really interesting to, to do it. And we were invited over there as an organization, the us Ukraine Veterans Bridge, um, by the Ministry of Veterans Affairs to spend time with Ukrainian veterans and and learn more and listen as much as possible.
1: So this is what's called a non-government operation and it's not a real bridge. It's it's a it's a connection between the US and Ukraine, the US Ukraine Veterans Bridge, which and I'm reading this right from your website, the mission is to unite experts from the veterans community, academia, business, healthcare, labor, and others in the shared vision of building a better today and tomorrow for Ukrainian veterans families and survivors. Let me ask you with with your visit there in your opinion how how are they doing? I mean this has been a really really tough conflict and you know obviously what we see on the news I mean to see it firsthand it's it's got to yeah. be troublesome in some
4: ways, right? Uh, so uh, I I was able to, to bring five American veterans over there, one, one civilian. And we didn't know what we were getting off, in, into. And, and it's a two-day trip there, and, and you, you, you're flying to Warsaw, and you you, get, you go to this little train station, and you get on this train that has Ukrainian signs on it, and it's a 12-hour train ride to, to Kiev. And, and for some of us, it was the first time we were going back into any kind of a combat zone. One of, two of us, it's the first time they've ever gone to a combat zone. And we had to look at each other and say, you know, is this worth it? And I think that's what people have to ask all the time. And, you know, we decided it was. And when we got to Ukraine, I, I'm, it was it was much different than we thought it was going to be. Um, but it, it was life-changing um, on many different levels. I think on a professional level to understand that this idea that this project is needed. But on a personal level, for me and many of the other veterans there, was to be able to spend time with Ukrainian veterans and learn how this country is fighting uh, not just, a war, right, a war a 1,000 miles away, but they're fighting a a war in their backyards. Um, And that was something that was really, really striking to me. Um, I will say a few things. The the resiliency of the Ukrainian people is amazing, from the people who run the gas stations to the the people who work in the government to the people who are fighting. um, There is no give up and there's no let up in that group of folks, and they're willing to fight for their country, and that's something that I don't think is conveyed enough in the United States that these people are willing to do it. Uh, when you hear the stories of them beating Russians back in that first few months with just, you know, we're driving around, you know, handing guns out to just random people to go, to go and, and just random people going and learning to be a soldier. I have a good friend now um, who was the uh, head director of the Kiev Fashion Week um, in Kiev, one of the bigger fashion shows um, in, in Europe. Um, the, the day after an invasion, he joined a, an infantry unit. He fought for eight months in Bakhmut. Now he's a lieutenant of a special forces operation um, that, that's fighting in the hot, hottest place. He had never picked a weapon up until two years ago. He was a, he was a fashion director. Um, and now I call him a brother. Um, I, the most striking thing for me, uh, I think, to, to, to really put the immensity into this is when I came home from Iraq, the hardest part was nobody understood me. Nobody understood why I drove a little funny. No one understood why when a door slammed, I sometimes got a little jumpy. Uh, When I talked, why I was frank about stuff. um, Why I I realized every moment mattered to to do as much good as you can the rest of your life. is because I lived through a, a really traumatic place. Every single person in Ukraine, every single person in Ukraine, I was able to connect with. If they knew you were a veteran, if they know you've seen stuff, everybody ducked. When 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 a door slammed, everybody had a little bit of a tear in their eye when they were talking about how much they cared about supporting the veterans, because they all lived it. Flash, they've all that. De- yeah. When I was in Kiev, we we got bombed, and it was indiscriminate rockets into the middle of, into into the middle of a city central, no targeting, just rockets flying in, and and luckily U.S. tax dollars, um, uh, and, and not, not U.S. tax dollars, but U.S. labor. Um, U.S. ingenuity and and our idea of where we stand in the world, of where we need to be to support freedom. Um, I got to watch Patriot batteries uh, shoot down all of those rockets and, and only one land, and, and, and unfortunately there was people lost. But that's a nightly occurrence for them. Um, the, it, it, it's incredible the immensity of it, like how large-scale you get out towards the front. Um, the damage that was done, um, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, in my war, my war, we didn't do this except for there was a few battles, but entire villages where not a single building stands, two miles, two square miles of every single building being completely destroyed or almost destroyed because that's where there was a fight. Um walking around with the soldier and, and him telling about how he had to clear his home village and one of his soldiers had to clear the house of his mom where his mother was killed and he had to find her body. Just because she was there and she was Ukraine. Um, we, we don't do enough job of, of, I think, explaining the real horror of this war. And, and, and I think that Americans need to just pay attention to it just a little bit more, um, because it it really is a different, a different fight than we've ever seen. It's it's people really fighting for their country. And, um, I, I don't mean to get emotional about it, but it was, it was an emotional trip for all of us. And it really solidified the idea of what we needed to do. Um, I went through some of the hospitals of injured veterans and, and, and I will tell you what. Anything we can do as a country, um, whether it's legislation to fund um, their veterans' affairs, whether it's uh, donations to non-for-profits that are working w- for veterans, whatever it is, I mean, there's there's people over there that can need our help. And, and again, our goal is to help empower their veterans' community, to not for us to go and tell them what to do or answer their problems, but we want Ukrainians to solve the problem. We want Ukrainians to build programs because... After what I saw, I believe they can do whatever they need to, and it's just us. We need to continue supporting them at the maximum level, um, and 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 that's kind of my message to folks. Um, don't let them. Don't don't forget about Ukraine while all the other stuff is going on in the world.
1: Boy, I just hope that message gets through to some of the politicians. You you know what's going on in this country. They want to cut all that aid, and I, they just do not realize the, the larger scope of this problem that if yeah. Russia takes over, you know, what's next? What are they going to do next? Are they going to go into Poland? Are they going to go into Hungary? Are they, I mean, I mean, it, you just don't know that kind of thing. And you know what comes to mind here with this conversation, and I thank you for kind of reliving your experience there. Maybe you ought to send a, a message to some of those politicians, say, you know, this is Will Attig, and, you know, I head the Union Veterans Council, and I'm taking a group to go back to Ukraine. Maybe you should come with me. And uh, we
4: can see what's going on over there. Well, you think I you think might? that wouldn't be a bad idea, but but I want to make sure people realize that um, the reality of it is most Americans support Ukraine. Um, yeah. Most there's a majority of, of, of members of Congress that support Ukraine. There there are some people, there are some radicals that don't believe uh, that standing up for freedom and democracy is the right thing to do, um, and and unfortunately they can get to control a lot. So if you're listening to this, especially if you're in Ohio, you're not in Marcia capital, Capitol's area or other places across the country, um, call your member of Congress and just let them know how you feel about America's place in the world, it, uh, about supporting freedom and democracy, and say that Ukraine is part of that. That's something that I do um, to my personal representatives to make sure that they know that, 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 that it's something worthwhile for us to do. Um, But I I do mean that. And I do believe a trip like that is probably in the books sooner or later.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. Give you an idea there. Well, you know what? We're just about out of time. Again, Will Attig, combat vet, served in the global war on terrorism going back to 2003 through 2010 and now president and has been president of the Union Veterans Council of the AFL-CIO. Just to button up this, uh, this interview, and we're going to move on. We're going to speak with a, a rep from Veterans in Piping, which is also part of the UA. Um, your message to vets. I mean, this is your opportunity. This, this is It's important to hear from somebody that's heading a big group of veterans in the United States, and on top of it, union vets. So what would that message be, Will?
4: Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to just say really quickly, I, I just want to send a, a condolences out to the, the, the Steelworkers Union of America, um, United Steelworkers. Uh, their president, Tom Conway, who is a, a very proud union vet who, who set up their veterans program, uh, who I get to work with, uh, just passed away uh, recently. Just wanted to make sure we mentioned that him because this isn't Memorial Day, but it, I would like to say that um, veterans, enjoy your Veterans Day um, Think about the stuff you did when you were younger, your willingness to step up for your country um, when you signed up and you, you raised your right hand and you said that pledge. Um, and then think about what you're doing today. And, and, and you know what? A lot of times you'll realize that you can do a lot more for your community. And as a veteran, you probably actually want to do more. So reach out to groups. Find ways to get involved more. It's good for your soul. Um, veterans serve their country. They always have and they always will. Um, so thank you all for your service. Um, thank you for everybody who supports the veterans community for their service to our country. Also, and, and, and Flash, thanks as always for having me on as a guest. Um, and and just uh, you know, enjoy enjoy the day. Um, enjoy. This is we're supposed to celebrate uh, Veterans Day, uh, but never forget about what it took to, to actually get it.
1: Amen, brother. Unionveterans.org, the national website. Will Adig, thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll do some more on this show. This show is yours just as much as it's mine. So. You please keep in touch with us, okay, brother?
4: Anytime, sir. All
1: right, we're going to take a quick break. Sean Ellis is a military vet, and he went through the UA Veterans in Piping Program, and he is our next guest. Back in a few minutes.
0: This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com.
2: It takes LIUNA to keep America running. .org
1: The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of 8 ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker, whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at CWA-Union.org.
3: Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. America's Workforce is brought
1: to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org.
2: America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWaterson.com.
1: America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at USW.org.
0: Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferrens.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Well, today is the federally designated holiday for Veterans Day, which is actually tomorrow. But since tomorrow's a Saturday, we're commemorating it today. And we have another vet we're talking to, and that would be Sean Ellis who went through the United Association's VIP program, and VIP stands for Veterans in Piping. Sean, I just got off the phone with uh, somebody you know, Will Attig, who heads the Union Veteran Council. He, too, is a member of the United Association, and he was telling me that uh, I guess you got a nice little invite. This was a couple of years ago. Here you are. You served in the Marines. Next thing you know, you're shaking hands with the president of the United states for the infrastructure bill wow that's awesome take me back to that time let's start right there sean go ahead
5: yeah absolutely yeah no it was uh you know to be just quite honest you know just a infantry marine coming out of the military i never really expected it but that's kind of what uavip is it's something that you don't really expect it's something that um you know when you join something like that you don't understand the the valuable uh, program that you're in but yeah, no, that day was, was pretty awesome. You know, I, I've kind of been through the whole process of the UA, from apprentice to, to journeyman uh, to instructor, uh, ran VIP in Camp Pendleton for Mr. Hazard. Um, and then now I'm an organizer and political director for uh, our jurisdiction in, in our local union here in San Diego. And, yeah, no, it was, it's, it was amazing. It was, to, to, to meet uh, you know, Hoffa Jr. and so many great leaders there that run great uh, organizations and to sit there and just have that conversation about labor, what it means to them, what it means to myself and, and learn from them you know and then to shake the president's hand you know so you know it's uh it was pretty cool to meet them and actually had 10 minutes with them and I we, we talked about some pretty cool stuff um and and uh, what it's like to be working in america with with high cost of living and and how valuable you know that infrastructure act's going to be with federal money going down to the localities to to build infrastructure and how it actually ties in to the Veterans of Piping Program and, and actual folks like myself, and I kind of told them, I go, "Hey, you know, everybody says stuff on the left and right, sir, you know, but we actually need something done where money gets down to the level, you know." And so to talk about all that stuff, it was really eye-opening and and really privileged to have that opportunity, and really just really awesome to represent my my union and, and what they have they've done so much for me, you know. So
1: unions do a lot. There's no doubt about yeah, that. They they absolutely. change lives, and obviously, you know, serving. And thank you for, for your service. I, I have to say that. It's important. I said, that's the first thing I said to Will when we started the interview. So in the Marines for four and a half years, uh, how did you find the, uh, the Veterans in Piping program? Did that happen right away? Did somebody refer you to it? Explain that part to me.
5: Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. You know, I grew up in a Union household. You know, my father was a uh, uh, president of a uh, communication workers of America Union. My brother-in-law was a signatory contractor. You know, growing up in Long Beach, California, you know, unions were around, and, and my teachers were all unions. so I already knew about the union movement. You know, I, I went to the military, um, really just to serve my country, because um, I, you know, was one of those kids that always liked to see Marines and all that stuff. So, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, I knew, like, I wasn't going to spend my whole life there. I, I knew it was it was going to be a chapter of my life, and, and by the year out, you know, I kind of put that real that um, um, realism had or, or the facts, right. You know, not all of us are going to be law enforcement. Not all of us are going to have that opportunity to go into public service, you know. And I was actually taking a uniform off, and I didn't want to put another uniform on. And so, you know, we had this thing at that time. We didn't have SkillBridge. We just, you know, you went to TAPS, which was your transition um, assistance program that, that allows you to teaches you how to rewrite resumes, reteaches you a lot of stuff that you could have learned uh, lost in the Marine Corps. And honestly, uh, somebody came up, and it wasn't even a UA rep, it was a uh, – Government official, and they said, "Hey, yeah, we got this welding program." You know, they gave it about five minutes. Honestly, the the rep, you know, now that I look back as a director and a leader, you know, it's it's, it's pretty sad back then what it used to be compared to what it is today. Right? Today, it's an amazing program, and they have all these great systems that Mr. Hazard and the UA worked so hard to to with our partners to do. But back then, it was you know five minutes. They get they put a number on the whiteboard. I called that number, and uh, uh, Mr. Castillo. One of the instructors there, I met with him, had a cup of coffee, um, and, you know, he, he hooked me right away. I was like, yeah, I want to be a pipe builder. I want to join the brotherhood. I want to find, you know, I wanted to find my new mission, right? And that's what I always tell people is, you know, I was a pretty proud Marine, and um, they gave me back my mission at the IP, right? And so it was literally a phone call. They uh, interviewed me for probably 20 minutes, and then I got that phone call. Hey, we're going to be, you're accepted. You know, go to chain of command. Let's make it happen. Went through my chain of command, and really, you know, I almost didn't make it in. It, it's pretty shocking, but, you know, my commander almost didn't sign, and he signed. I, I had to really talk to him and have a meeting, and he finally signed. You know, the rest is history, you know. It, it's something that significantly changed my life for the better, so absolutely. The pro.
1: The program itself though how, how was it was was it difficult did you adapt very well to it and and here you are today now you're the political director and organizer for we got to give the name of the local this is UA local 230 in San Diego Correct. Yes. California but but that process going through it how how was it for you
5: It was uh it was difficult it was um you know very challenging I was an infantryman, so I could set up ambushes do all that uh, but never welded never ever welded so it was um, very difficult uh, difficult to learn how to well learn that skill but it was every day 18 weeks 40 hours a week eight hours a day um, the instructors were amazing they pick you up right you're gonna fall down and you're gonna make mistakes and you're, you're, you're gonna do all that but they always pick you up and it was always a solution to your problem and then uh, you get bit by the bug really once you get bit by the bug you get your first cert, or you get really close to your first third whatever happens to the results you get that drive, and that's what Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, all of us have is that motivated drive. And once, once I made mistakes, right, I always say "Fail stands that's first attempt in learning. And once I made those few mistakes in welding and they picked me up, the UA instructor picked me up, I, I fell in love. I really did. I fell in love with the craft. I knew it was going to make good money, but honestly, I knew it was good living, and it was something to be proud of, something, you know, after I'm done welding, I can look at it and be like, yeah, brother, I did that. Yeah, sister, I did that. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, you know.
1: So, so how's your welding skills now? Have, have you perfected it to this point here?
5: <laughs> well, well, I perfected it, and then uh, somebody by the name of Mister Hazers is, is a great leader in the UA, gave me an opportunity to become a welding instructor. And you know, I, I, I I'm not going to ever say I'm perfected, right? You're never perfect at anything. There's always going to be inconsistencies. But I was pretty good at it. But to say today, um, where am I at? Well, I don't really weld anymore. I, I do mostly talking to other leaders outside of our organization with other leaders and. In- communities, government, et cetera. I talk about, you know, recruiting, organizing. So my welding skills are long past, but, uh, you know, they're definitely the foundation of what I do today. So absolutely. (laughs) There you
1: go. There you go. And by the way, those of you listening, Mr. Hazard, who he's talking about is Mike Hazard. Mike's been on the show a number of times. In fact, we're, uh, we're bringing him back next week because next week is apprenticeship week. And we're going to talk about the apprenticeship program with the veterans in piping program, but that, that that'll be another show. So I'd like you to, uh, to talk more about the, the VIP program and, and explaining it to military members. I mean, you went through the military, you're a Marine and you adapted and now you're the political director and the organizer. And obviously this is an opportunity for you. We've got a pretty good audience out there. We're in the top 1% of all podcasts yeah. in the world. So there's a lot of vets out there. They're probably saying, hey, I like this guy, Sean Ellis. I like his energy. Um, I think this might be a good opportunity for me. So, Sean, I'm going to I'm gonna let this be your opportunity to kind of bring him into the program. What do you think?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the plug. No, I understand. No, I, I would tell Marines and, and leaders will be a little different, but I'll tell Marines real simp- simply is step up to the plate. You know, right now, you know, we have, a huge shortage of skilled labor, period, point blank. Now, with the UA pipe trades, when it comes to pipe welders, plumbers, steam fitters, pipe fitters, you know, uh, pipeliners, refinery builders, nuclear energy builders, these are all the systems of the future, so I would tell Marines this, is you already join an organization, all military veterans join an organization that's better than themselves. Join an organization that's gonna challenge you. Don't drop your pack. Go to an organization that's going to keep challenging you, um, and it's going to fight for your rights. And I would tell them if you're scared, if you're nervous, well, you were scared when you joined the Marine Corps, just like I was. I didn't know anything about the gun club or anything about what we do as Devil Dogs, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that if I went this direction, it's going to better me, and that's what VIP is going to do. So I would tell them to never stop, never exhaust every opportunity that you have. Go to SkillBridge, get to talking to everybody, get their businesses, business cards, go down to VIP, apply, just, just apply. Hundreds of folks are applying for these programs, so just apply, just first and foremost apply. And then go down there and, and see what it's all about because I, I would tell anybody that, you know, when I was there for seven years and I was training these Marines, most of my Marines never even touched a pair of channel locks, a crescent wrench, etc. Now they're journey women, journey men, journey people, going out there and just kicking butt, going out there and making great money welding X-ray joints on power plants, And that was a span of five years, you know, and when I tell people, you know, when we talk about the unions and when we talk about workforce training and VIP, we're talking about culture changing. Your family changes generationally by the hard skills that you learn and the money that you can make from these hard skills while still giving back to your community. So I would tell Marines, get out there and get get after it, you know, get out there, apply yourself, you know, challenge yourself. Remember that failing fails stands for first and second learning. And uh, take every opportunity and don't be scared. You know, this is a new new time. This is history in the making. And that's what I would tell Marines. What I would tell local leaders here uh, just in my region or in any anybody listening to this podcast is, you know, you guys as leaders have to set that example. We, we have opportunities now to, to grow the union movement. And every time you go our organizational movement, well, you grow the workers around us that are private because we set the ceiling. And what I would tell leaders is that this is how we actually bring something down to the people and the workers. That's not Democrat or Republican, but human being, right? Something that's mm-hmm. actually going to bring good stuff down. And so VIP should be at every base. Every union should have something similar to that, and advocating for these folks because they're community members and, and all that stuff. So, but I don't want to get on my podium, brother. You can, I think you could tell how passionate I am, and you know, it's you know, no other way to say it saved my life. It changed my life, and, and you know, my three kids and my wife um, have definitely a different pathway in life that that we wouldn't have had. If it wasn't for VIP, and that's just the facts, pure point blank, and and that's what I would tell Marines. You know, opening up my heart and talking to a Marine or a Marine or just a human being to human being is this will change your your family generationally. So, absolutely.
1: We should uh, give out the uh, the website here. Those of you listening, it's real simple. UaVIP.org. Get a lot of information right there. That's the place to start. UaVIP.org. All right, your political director, your organizer, and I, I tell you, you are a ball of energy. Are you ever? Are you? Are you? Are you contemplating maybe political office down down the road here? I mean,
5: I, I love, I love what you're saying here. I, mean, I, I think you've got all, you've got what it takes, brother. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, you know, I'm somewhat of a religious person, and I say that you know, I'm a journeyman. My life is in God's hands and, and really what's what's good for my family and then what's good for the UA. Um, and that's what I would tell people is, you know, VIP helped me out so much. It changed my perspective on, on work. Then once I got to the job site and I saw that, you know, every demographic, every culture, every part of the city has very similar issues that my Marines had or uh, me as a Pacific Islander had. And so it motivated me to, to do everything as go to every union meeting as small as going to a union meeting to hey, I want to meet this Democrat. You know, hey, Democrat, you are pro-labor here and you do so much great things for us, um, but I also want to know where you stand on environmental justice and how we can come up with solutions for the future, right? You know, and then I wanted to go to the middle schools. And, and, you know, when these kids are 13 years old and and they start to to get involved in gangs or get around the drugs that we have in our community, you know, I wanted to get to them first so that I can tell them, hey, I know you don't like math class and and you don't like algebra and, and, and et cetera, but what if I showed you that you could put these pipes together and that's what that equation will lead to. And then you actually could do it physically and, and have a practical examination. So I got into it because I want, you know, lead to say I, I want to be example for Marines. You know, I told Mr. Hazard, I go, you guys worked really hard and put a lot on the line for VIP. So it's time for us to bring it back to the UA and uh, show the UA that VIP was an investment worth billions of dollars. And we're literally going to change the industry. And, brother, and anybody listening, honestly, and, and, you know, I don't have no script or rehearsal here, I'm going to change the world, and if I don't do it, the Marine behind me is going to do it, the VIP behind me is going to do it, and that's where we're at. You know, we're on some good leadership stuff right now, bringing our our locals together, Um, not Democrat, not Republican, but union workers and that drive. So, you know, I don't know if that's too much information, but that's why I got (laughs) involved in organizing. There's so many folks that can benefit from the unions, and I'm not going to stop until um, I organize every contractor I can – possibly organized or until they find someone better and that's the goal of the unions and and what we believe in so
1: amen brother well i'll tell you the ua is very very lucky to have you sean ellis military vet served with the marines now a political director and organizer for ua local 230 in san diego going strong going strong uavip.org for more information sean Keep in touch with us. I love your energy. I love your passion. We need more people like Sean Ellis. So uh, please, please, uh, please stay in touch with us. Okay, brother? Absolutely. And that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up on Monday, we kick off National Apprenticeship Week with the Heat and Frost Insulators. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful weekend.
0: That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find
2: out more information online at labortools.com.